Winnipeg fans, the Jets are going to be pairing to face the Nashville Predators this evening, and the Jets really can't afford to slack off. A couple of consecutive losses for the rare second time this season means the Jets really could use a win to restore some morale and get things going again. We'll talk about what to expect against the Spreads team and also continue our series of quarterly report cards, this time focusing on Winnipeg's defense. All on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, taking a look uh, at Winnipeg's upcoming game against the Preds this evening, obviously the Jets are looking for a bit of a bounce back win. Past couple of games, you know, it's been a bit of a tough road. Um, the loss against Vegas stung particularly badly because. The Jets weren't even all that poor. In fact, you know, it was a couple of matchups that maybe they lost uh, a few mistakes here and there. But otherwise, the Jets still played uh, a pretty tough opponent relatively evenly. Now, the flip side is that, you know, the the Knights didn't exactly have a full starting roster of their usual top end players. Right. Theodore Eichel and a number of those guys were all sidelined. So in this case. I don't know. Do you want to read too much into it? You know, would this Knights team at full health dismantle the Jets? Maybe. I don't know. I think either way, it was always going to be a a tough test. Even with their injuries, they've still got talented guys like Marcheseau, Smith, Stone, uh, a lot of their top contributors, and underappreciated talents like uh, Nicola Waugh. So still a very deep team. Um, Not a squad that I think even with injuries, you could ever really doubt. But even with that said, you know, the Jets still lost. And I think with with consecutive defeats, Winnipeg is looking for a bit of a spark, something to get them going again, especially with the report that a lot of the guys are, are sick. So uh, I don't know how this is going to really pan out. You know, if the guys are still on IVs and stuff and not really feeling all that well, the Jets are going to have to figure out maybe a couple of acquisitions or something, either from the Moose or uh, from the reserves to try and maybe you know, cycle some players in, especially against Nashville. The Preds this year are not particularly good. They haven't been creating much offensively. They are conceding quite a few more goals than they're scoring. And so far, they basically have a 500 record, which for a team that kind of looks to me like a 500 squad really does reflect on the front office's inability to push that team in a positive direction. All I've seen from Nashville this year uh, from the bits that I've watched is either teaming or either a team that looks tired and, and behind the play or at best kind of an average squad that still has a couple of really talented players like Roman Yosi and of course, Philip Forsberg, but the rest of the team, man, 
you're looking at this roster and you're looking at who they're getting their contributions from. Once you get past like the top six, it thins out very quickly. Now, that's not to say that this team is a squad the Jets can really underestimate. In the past, when we've seen Winnipeg play Nashville, it's always been very tightly contested, not a lot of space, and Winnipeg at times has struggled with some of the deflected point shots that Nashville is infamous for using. This team, though, I, I'm not so worried about it. I think the Preds are a relatively beatable opponent, and you know, with them continuing to fall further and further in the Central Division, this is just a nice test for the Jets to kind of refocus, get back on track. You know, a couple of losses in a row really isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But from Winnipeg's perspective, every point for them is important. They want to win everything. They want to continue their climb towards the top of the Central. That's really their target. And I think Winnipeg has done a very impressive job so far. So, you know, they 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 have a lot of resilience with this team. They're a gritty, persistent squad. But eventually, you know, that can't really supplant the fact they might just not be feeling all that well. So really hoping for a speedy recovery for a lot of these guys. I don't know how many are under the weather, but it sounds like it's multiple players. We saw Dubois really struggle in the last game. Just did not look like himself, especially after the first period. So I'd appreciate if uh, whatever they've got going on passes quickly, more so for them on a personal level than just the on-ice product. But obviously the Jets would probably benefit from that as well. But if you are looking for a a spot of good news when it comes to health, one of our most important guys has actually resumed skating in a non-contact jersey. He took his first public skate today, and that is Nikolai Ehlers. It was fantastic to see him skating again. I think it's something that Jets fans have been eagerly anticipating. It it is going to be a while before he's back joining the lineup. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I think it's probably at least several more weeks of him slowly rehabbing and healing up, which I think for the Jets is probably fine. You really don't want him to rush things. A sports hernia surgery is pretty intense, and the last thing you want to have him do is re-aggravate something and fall into uh, an even longer recovery process. So glad that Nick is getting healthy. Take your time, bud. You know, he's a complete king and a champ, so we just want him to stay healthy and come back better than ever because we know that the sports hernia stuff can really put a dent on your speed and your mobility. We don't really know what version of him is going to return to the Jets here in a few weeks, but all we can hope for is if if he's at least 60 to 70%, that's still a huge boost. Even half-strength Ehlers is is a very big boost for the squad, especially with the fact that, you know, the forward unit could definitely use a bit of a jump. I think Isamont in the last game, you know, for the first time, really did kind of look a little bit overmatched. The second line with Dubois, you know, not feeling particularly well, got smashed. Thankfully, the bottom six really did pick up a lot of the slack. But, you know, whether you really want to rely on that for the rest of the season without a few acquisitions or internal improvements, I think is up for debate. But for the time being, we're just going to have to hope that everyone heals up and, and gets back healthy pretty soon. But obviously, we still have our quarterly report cards that we're doing. Uh, We're taking a look uh, on tonight's episode at some of the defenders for the Jets, which have had some somewhat mixed results. We'll dive into some of the top performers and some guys who might really be on the fringes of this team, potentially some trade bait here in a couple of weeks. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. They've got the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether you're looking for baseball, basketball, football, European soccer, 
uh, everything headed up for college bowl season, the basketball, and they've also got hot World Cup action as we are rolling into the uh, World Cup finals here between Argentina and France. Tell me who, who you're voting for. I'm probably going for Argentina. I really want Messi to uh, get his, his World Cup title at long last. But if you think France might finally get a repeat, be sure to cast your bet for that as well. And if you're looking for some other content, they've also got great sports podcasts and plenty of news articles so that you always stay plugged into your favorite sport no matter what. And as always, they are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. So be sure to register for a free account right now at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're taking a look now at uh, Winnipeg's defense uh, quarterly report cards and, and trying to get a sense of how guys are doing. Before we talk about some of our top pairing and middle pairing guys, just wanted to uh, let you know that you should also be checking out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, Locked On Sports Today helps you go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts providing you insights that only Locked On can give you. Be be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. As always, it is free, and we really love and appreciate your support. Now, looking at the Jets' defense, obviously this year has been a bit of an interesting one, right? Uh, The Jets are kind of relearning how to play under Rick Bonus, which I, I say that half facetiously, half seriously. Uh, Winnipeg is a lot more aggressive. They tend to have players dropping really deep into the offensive zone. You see more support from the blue line. You see a lot more activity in creating breakouts. And, you know, at times it is going to be a bit of a learning curve, right? Most of this defense for the for the past few weeks, it's had some mixed results. I think a lot of us can tell that some of these guys are really used to doing this stuff. Other players, not so much. We're going to start off with a really easy grade, though. Josh Morrissey, A-plus season, man. Uh, we're talking about a guy who uh, is conveniently being named Josh Norrissey this year because he's had such a breakout season. He's scoring by the bucketfuls. You know, he's over a point per game. Uh, he's constantly creating uh, all amazing offensive lanes, attacking the face-off circles, attacking the slot, setting up line mates with great passes, diving down the middle of the ice. I mean, this is the most engaged we've ever seen Morrissey. Um, if there's any one player who's really benefited from Bones, it's it's got to be Josh. Uh, apparently, Bones had a conversation with him and said, you know, I think you're going to win that Norris Trophy this year. Go out and be that top pairing defender. And Morrissey, since then, has really taken to the instruction. It's been a totally different year for him. And I think I'm just really happy for him. I mean, this year has been kind of a revelation. A long time ago, you know, and even for the past several years, we've kind of thought that he wasn't really a number one D. I mean, you look at his performance, you look at how he played with his partners, you look at what happens when Truba and Bufflin are gone, and you start to ask yourself, what sort of role can Morrissey really carve out? Is he actually not, you know, not really a true number one? Is he more like a number two? The thought was always that he was maybe an elite complimentary number two, but not somebody who could carry a pairing himself. This year... We're basically seeing a borderline elite defender. Now, he's not the kind of guy who actually shuts down scoring opportunities. He does break up two-on-ones pretty well, but when you're looking at his defensive metrics, they are all almost universally down across the board. That's fine, because Morrissey has so significantly upped his offensive production in almost every facet, you just take the exchange every day. 
what he's doing uh, at even strength has been monstrous. I mean, I don't remember the last time we had a defender this active and this engaged other than like Bufflin. Truba, prime years maybe, uh, but Morrissey is just obliterating opponents. He's getting great shots on goal. He's finding those greasy scoring lanes and helping to uh, set up his teammates with great passes. Everything that you want to see from a modern day active defender, he is doing in spades. So congrats to Josh. Uh, I think he's one of my rare A plus grades that I'm going to give out, but he has 100% deserved it and is having a monster season. Now his partner, Dylan DeMello. This one's an interesting one for me because DeMello at his best is a very calming presence for this team and a guy who can kind of be a de facto top pairing defender, not because he is, but because the Jets have kind of had to deputize uh, players who can essentially play that role, even if when you look at their production and the sort of play style that they have, they might not actually be number one elite guys. I think DeMello ideally would have been a second pairing defender, but in the current role that he's been having, you know, in previous years, Morrissey DeMello was very effective. This year, we're seeing some shakiness from DeMello. Uh, Dylan hasn't been 100% this season. And, you know, we've seen some moments of rust from him. We've seen games where he is back to his best, calmly breaking up opponents, uh, shutting down passing lanes, winning battles along the wall. And then the next game or the next few games, he's back to struggling again. So I think taking all of that into account, I'm going to give DeMello a B. I think his upside for the season is pretty significant if he finds a role that is maybe more suited suited to his skill sets, but I think he's going to have to be anchored somewhere in the top four for the remainder of the year. The Jets just don't really have many right-sided D who have the kind of skill sets that he does and can, you know, play elevated minutes. But, you know, it's, it is kind of frustrating to see him not be as good this year because a lot of Winnipeg's defensive structure kind of relies on him being really good. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the rest of the season, maybe he'll get a bit of a rebound after a holiday break or something. I have no clue. But if he does stabilize in the back half of the season and continue to be that really calming two-way presence, then I think we'll see him move back into the A range. You know, the, the guy is a consummate professional. He's really given the Jets many good years. So I'd like to see him, you know, go back to his best standards and show us the kind of calming presence that he can be for a blue line, it is quite frankly uh, supremely chaotic at times. Apologies, folks. I think we just had a brief outage. I uh, was just indicating that, uh, you know, we were talking about um, some chaotic defending from a couple of the Jets defenders. And our next two players that we're going to talk about, unfortunately, contribute to this a little bit more than some of the other guys on the team. We'll talk about these two in just a moment. But before we go any further, I did have a very important announcement from the NHTSA about driving sober. Obviously, a lot of you are probably going to be on the road for the holidays and hanging out with family. So, please listen up because this is super important. You're hanging out with some friends and family and you're putting back a few drinks, right? A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you're thinking of calling for a ride. But you know what? You're confident. You're experienced. You think you can drive home. 
it's no big deal, right? Can't be that far. Maybe just a couple of miles or kilometers at most. What are the odds that you'll get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Maybe you get a point on your license. Maybe your insurance goes up. What is the worst that could happen? Well, you might lose your job. You might have an accident. You might even kill someone. Maybe even yourself by accident. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk, and the results are tragic and often deadly, and yet so many people choose to ignore them and keep going on ahead. That's why it's really important that you don't get behind the wheel when you're under the influence. Police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. If you think you're a to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or somebody else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're just going to close out real quickly with a couple of final grades for uh, two players that have had interesting, I guess, reputations with the Jets, uh, especially when it comes to the defending side of things. We're going to start with Brendan Dillon. Uh, Dillon is a very likable guy, right? When it comes to that big, gritty, physical defender, a guy who has some puck-moving ability but is primarily focused on shutting down passing lanes um, intercepting pucks, using that big physical frame of his to seal off the walls. That's where you find his bread and butter. And so his defensive value tends to be relatively notable. This year, I, I think it's been okay, but you can kind of tell that the way that Bones wants the blue line to play doesn't really fit uh, Dylan's style as much. He's the guy that's more comfortable being uh, a sit deep in front of your goal kind of guy. Um, sometimes he'll actively move the puck maybe even create a breakout himself, but that's not really his game. He's the kind of stay-at-home defender that I think most teams really prize. And while it does have some really good benefits, I think overall for me, uh, Dylan's probably been closer to like a C-plus or a B-minus this year. Now, he does really fight for the badge. He always puts in a really hard shift. I just think with the way that the team is moving, his performance is kind of like a little bit helter-skelter. Some games from him are really good where he you know picks off passes, uh, and really makes use of that physicality and, and you know size of his frame to kind of bully opponents off the puck. But other games, you see him making mistakes, turning the puck over, struggling to make zone exits, and a lot of that stuff kind of hurts Winnipeg at both ends of the ice. So, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag from him. I think if he were to move to a team that's maybe a little bit more conservative, I think you'd see him kind of really start to stabilize and be that calm, steadying, physical presence on the back end, but for the Jets, maybe not the kind of player Winnipeg is looking for, especially at the cap hit that he has. I think that could make him a prime trade candidate, and it sounds like Ottawa has been scouting the Jets very heavily recently. Maybe they're looking at Brendan to fortify uh, their blue line group. The other guy, his partner, that has kind of had a chaotic year is Neil Pionk, and I I love Neil. Uh, When it comes to guys that I just love on a personal level, Neil, for me, has always been one of those players that I've sort of gravitated towards. When he arrived from the Rangers, I was kind of like, not really sure. I knew of his reputation of being a bit of a loose cannon offensively uh, and defensively kind of non-existent. Since he's joined the Jets, a lot of his, you know, elements of his game have really rounded into form and improved a lot. But defensively, he's still kind of rough around the edges, if, uh, if I'm being generous. You know, his transition defense is very bad. He doesn't really block guys at the blue line. And while he does really try, it just doesn't always work. And I think his man marking has kind of um, lapsed, unfortunately, since the year that he had that very good season in the North Division. So 
for me, Pionk, you know, a lot of his value comes from the other end of the ice. And offensively, he's still very productive. Uh, he still generates a ton of points, is still a very capable puck mover. All that said, you know, the, the chaotic elements have kind of hamstrung him a bit. And I'm kind of in that like C plus B minus range too. As much as I really wanted to give him a higher score, I think this year has been very frustrating for him. Uh, for as much as he gives the Jets at one end, he kind of gives back to the opponents. So if there's ever going to be a balance, it'd be nice to see the offense kind of win out a little bit more frequently. But it's been a tough year for Neil. Hopefully he does round into form at some point. I don't know that too many teams are necessarily looking at him for a trade option. Maybe they are. And if they are, I, I think Winnipeg would probably consider it. But for a guy who's super accountable and has been a very outspoken leader, I like him in the room. I, I still wonder about the on ice stuff. So something to keep an eye on. I, I tried to be you know, generous with the scores, but I think we all know that the, the Jets defense, mm, it's not as uh, good as we would like it to be if we're being entirely honest. So let me know your thoughts on the scores here. Maybe you think they're too high, maybe too low. Leave them in the comments below if you disagree and give me your personal scores if you want, plus any justification, and maybe I can address it on the next episode. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, featuring the biggest stories of the, of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It is available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!